The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. Just give us one hour, and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about the annoying yellow smiley face. No, 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 no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on our guest today, I invite you to join our conversation live here by calling us at TogiNet at 1-877-864-4869. Again, that's 1-877-864-4869. Or log into the chat room on toginet.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Lisa Kamen or at HHTalkRadio or tweet at us, tweet, tweet, at hashtag Harvesting Happiness. All right, let's get to it. Today we are focusing on living wholeheartedly, and we're going to add in there, in a kinky, fabulous way, we are going to talk about living wholeheartedly with Jamie Cato. Jamie Cato co-produced and directed the double Grammy-nominated film One Giant Leap, working with Bob Geldof, Robbie Williams, Stephen Fry, Susan Sarandon, Deepak Chopra, Michael Stipe, Brian Eno, and Dennis Hopper. Having sold over 300,000 albums and, won, and winning no, numerous awards globally, One Giant Leap was subsequently commissioned and made into a Channel 4 documentary series in 2008 to explore the complexities of human nature through music. Jamie is the founding member, singer, art director, and video director of dance music supergroup Faithless, who had runaway successes in music since Faith Faithless's 
Greatest Hits album became the fastest selling dance album of all time. But let's talk about currently. Currently, Jamie holds master classes throughout the year to help others emulate his own success. Transforming Shadows, What About You? What About Us? And we have a new one for you, Jamie. What about Kinky? And we'll talk about that because I think that there's something to this. Um, his workshops are designed to provide highly accessible a highly accessible concoction of light humor and love designed with the use of his own genius music to spark both professional and personal breakthroughs. Jamie also speaks and performs at conferences, events, and festivals all around the world. We could go on and on and on with this man's accomplishments, but let's just start the conversation. Let's just jump in. Good morning from here and good afternoon from there. Hi, Jamie. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, well, thanks for, thanks for being here. Uh, let's talk about the journey, the journey from the super pop group Faithless to your life as it is now. Blimey. Blimey. Tinky. <clears throat> I got really lucky after we had so much success with Faithless that um, when me and my friend Duncan started this project, One Giant Leap, which was basically based around the idea of doing anything you wanted anywhere with anyone and, and mixing it into just the biggest charge of inspiration and, and emotion that we could. Uh, it was really the success of Faithless that got us the, the ticket to get and the space and time to start working on that. And um, it just became its own kind of strange movement. We want to create art to be a movement. We want everybody to express their art as something meaningful, something where they're really sharing their passions. And we wanted to collect that. When we see all people of different cultures, whether they're playing their instrument under a tree for eight hours or they're passionately expounding their philosophy, when you see the, the eyes light up, when you see the passion and the excitement, you, that, that's the stuff that we want to showcase. That's the stuff we want to immerse ourselves in. So the whole of life became one long artistic and creative journey to immerse ourselves in the cream of everything. And yeah, and by putting it together as a mosaic, which was the idea, the form of One Giant Leap was a mosaic of everything, all these great conversations, music sessions, experiences, all woven together to be the biggest charge of emotion and um, intimacy that, that could be made. Let's go back to the word passion, because I'm, I'm writing about this a lot right now, about living life, life as a passionista. You know, that, that that is really required for the lights to be on to sort of jump into this big soup of passion and, yeah. and 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 how do we help inspire that in others who might be stuck hmm. well passion um, passion is naturally there it's not a, you can't put passion into somebody the, like michelangelo used to say about the david sculpture the sculpture is already there within the rock i'm just moving the excess rock out of the way passion comes from when we follow what i feel is like our motto on the on the, on the workshops at the moment which is Take action based on your inspiration and excitement with no attachment to outcome. Uh, <laughs> it mirrors perfectly the, the motto of Bashar, the extraterrestrial, uh, Bashar.org, who uh, is channeled in the valley. Take action based on your excitement and inspiration with no attachment to outcome. And what that really means is being in a listening field, not being busy putting passion in, but emptying enough so that when you really are in a... In a uncluttered space the natural genius and the natural fun when you're following your excitement will manifest all by itself there's nothing to put in there are a few things to dissolve that are maybe in the way 
And let's talk about the process of dissolving, you know, dissolving the myths that we tell ourselves, you know, the can'ts or the would, could, shoulds, the conditional speak that creates those limitations. Yes. I think that all limitations come from limited definitions and limited beliefs. That's why the work of Byron Katie is so great, because she just, in a very direct way, got everybody to forget about all the drama and, and, and complexity and just come back to that very simple thing. Whatever you're feeling that's hurting you, whatever you're feeling that's freaking you out or disempowering you, the only reason it's there is because you have a belief about it or a definition. Without a belief or a definition, no stressful feeling can be there. So, for instance, if I believe if I believe that if my girlfriend left me for another man, life is going to be unlivable. Most of us live with that belief if we're in a partnership. We think if my partner left me for someone else, life would be unlivable. That is a belief that we all run. It's not true because we've all survived every breakup we've ever had and we're all feeling great right now. But we run in the middle of a relationship as if if they left me for someone else, life would be unlivable. And therefore, the moment we hear someone else Skyping or Facebooking or laughing or flirting, we go into total meltdown like our life is becoming unlivable when really it isn't it's just the, the screwy definition that's in place and it's dissolving that dissolves the whole bracket yes the story i mean byron katie really says in short who would you be without your story yeah and stories, we, oh, stories I, yeah god if i only had one story i might stand some kind of a chance <laughs> no, it's a novel. You know, we all have a novel, and that's the beauty of life, is that we can uh, recreate these different stories or vignettes that satisfy something that we're going through at any space and time. In other words, you know, we all, we all go through suffering. I mean, you use the story of, you know, the what if, if your girlfriend left you for another man. But then there are stories of, uh, of deep physical and emotional suffering that come from war, which is what I deal with a lot with uh, people I work with. And not to minimize the suffering or the emotionality that occurs with these life events, but it really is in the management and direction of what has happened, where the is magic it? can take place. For me, I'm, I'm finding that it's all in the framing. You talk about there's necessarily suffering. I don't know. There's necessarily, there's definitely pain, but there's not necessarily suffering. There's definitely going to be pain. But when you frame your pain, as we always do, as we're a victim, we're persecuted, this shouldn't be happening. Yeah, that's suffering. But the people who are lucky enough to frame their pain as, how can I sink deeper into this? How can I be a connoisseur of every atom of how this feels? How can I use this as a deep soul learning that's going to bring me the skills and the superpowers to be a healer for somebody else, like a Chiron wounded healer? When you start framing it like that, suddenly the adversity of life can be something that's opening us instead of something that is resisted and therefore, as you say, suffering. Yeah. The, well, it's the transcendence. I, I think that it, in those moments is the opportunity for transcendence. And that is what people often have a hard time grasping when you're mired in the muck, in the goo of what's going on, what's sticking to you. It's hard to see the opportunity for enlightenment actually to come out of these difficult situations. We are going to be going to a break. I want to give our listeners some information on how to reach Jamie in the land of the ethers. Firstly, it is www.jamiecato. Let me spell that. It's J-A-M-I-E-C-A-T-T-O dot com. On Twitter, it is the same. And Jamie Cato Live is another Twitter handle. On Facebook, it is Jamie 
Cato and Jamie Cato Workshops. And when we return, Jamie, I'd like to talk about the workshops, to talk about the different workshops that you're offering, where they're going on in the world, and how our listeners can tap into what you're doing. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, and we have a board lit up with people in Togi Chat that would like to ask questions, and we will address those when we return. So thank you for your patience. Everyone there, we have Hey Hey, Wolf, Sphinxy, David B, 2013, and of course, our team here. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress Cayman. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to fight. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Cayman has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you are just joining us now, we are speaking about living wholeheartedly with Jamie Cato today. Jamie is the co-producer and director of the double Grammy-nominated film One Giant Leap, but he is so much more and so much deeper as well. He is a singer, art director, video director. He holds transformational programming where we're going to talk about that in the middle in, in a minute called Transforming Shadows, What About You, What About Us. These are highly accessible concoctions of light humor and love designed to use our own genius to spark professional and personal breakthroughs. And Jamie's just challenged me. We are no longer thinking for the rest of this hour. It's not I think. We are going to slow it down, and we are going to feel from Mm -hmm. our bellies. Right? (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> a lot of uh, um, 
what we're after is is intimacy. We all really want to merge, whether it be with our lover or when our team scores a goal and we all cheer together or our band, a band play a favorite chords and we all scream with gratitude at the same time. We all want to share and sit in front of the sunset with someone and share that moment with someone and with the deeper part of ourselves. And the deeper intimacy that comes is, I just realized even very recently, I never stop and ask myself, what do I want in this situation? It's only by giving myself that moment of space and not thinking and thinking and cluttering, actually just stopping for a moment and just in any given situation, putting my hand on my chest and going, okay, what's going on? What do I want here? Or what am I feeling here? Just that, that moment of space is where all the availability to look after ourselves comes from and therefore much less self-reliance and vamping and draining other people. All the space has everything we want in it. Mm-hmm. Just like when we write a song, we listen for a song. We don't think up a song. We listen for a song. And when you're loving someone, when you're in a listening field, that's when you have the best sex, the best parenting, the best creating. It's all in the listening field. So creativity is a yin thing, not a yang thinking up and a doing. Well, the T word, see, I'm not even going to use that word. The T word uh, takes us out of our heart. But the A word, attention, and listening, the L word, places us back into that heart space or in that hara, that that gut-centered, intuitive place. Thank you. That's like Sesame Street version. (laughs) Yeah, I would would sing it for you, but I'm I'm going to limit myself and not do that because I don't... (laughs) I'm not the musician here. Oh, the, 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 the Togi chat board is going wild with, with, with wishing that you would sing now. There's like all these different people saying, sing, sing it sing, for us. Sing, sing, sing. Oh, can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? We're here. <laughs> Sesame Street of the heart, you know? Yeah. Ahara show. Ahara. The Ahara. Yeah, and not the Hora, which is, a, which is a dance that Jewish people do to celebrate a blessing. But the Hara is that that center space in the gut, the intuitive space that we often forget about. Yeah. Deepak Chopra, I think, said that the the only difference between the the gut and the brain all work on the same chemicals. Only the gut hasn't learned to doubt itself yet. I like that. We do have a question here. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, Chappers. Chappers is, is on our text board here. And he's also on the radio. I don't know if he's calling in, but if he has a question, Chappers, we're, we're sitting here waiting for your question, or you can just answer our question where you are living from today, because we did place that on the text board for all of the people who have logged in to see and share and participate in. Let's talk about the approval addiction. I love that. I've, I've never heard that terminology, and I love it. Check out Anthony DeMello, you know, on YouTube or his book, Awareness. He very, very um, perfectly puts it that, you know, when we're young, in order to train us with all the best intentions in the world, in order for us to learn to eat and poo and speak, when we get it right, our carers and parents give us kisses and prizes. And when we get it wrong, we don't get quite the same kisses and prizes, or even in some cases worse. So we learn very, very early on to become approval addicts. When you come down the stairs, age three, in that pretty dress, and everyone goes, ah, pretty girl, and you and applauds, or you know at that moment, pretty is good. And we get into this duality of approval addiction all the way through being trained, which is all right for training. But the problem is that any time someone gives us negative feedback, says, naughty girl, or 
that's disgusting. Or every time we go, oh, better not let them see that side of me again. That doesn't get approval. Snip. <laughs> disgusting girl. Good girls don't do that. Suppress. Snip. All the way through uh, until we've crippled, edited ourselves down to this crippled brochure of ourselves, this 20% version of the good bits, of the bits we think will get through the door. And we've kind of buried and suppressed 80%. But because our body is a naturally self-healing thing, it doesn't like being squashed down into 20%. And your life is going to do everything it can to stretch you back out towards 100% again, even the dark bits, even the bits you don't like, all of you. Um, and that's where it's great to bring in artistic principles and play with it and be disgusting with it and be sexy with it and be extraordinary with it and be theatrical with it uh, instead of, you know, hiding it, suppressing it and waiting it to turn into an illness. Mm. And inevitably it, it, it will turn into an illness. It will manifest itself in some negative way if we do not learn to um, express, you know, express that creative life force um, in a positive way, you know, it, the negativity eats at us. It causes the, the darkness, the depression, uh, a whole host of symptomology that can be avoided quite naturally by by learning to to live out loud in a certain sense. Yeah, we're so approval addicted, though, that we think we mustn't do that. We think that what other people think about us matters an awful lot more than it really does because they're totally screwed up and mad too. Everyone's got this contract of turning up for work every day or to their families and exhausting themselves, pretending to each other that they're not crazy. That's the first thing that I want to nip in the bud with this uh, new movement is I love your insanity. It's your insanity that I'm going to fall in love with your eccentricities. All the bits that you think are appropriate bore me to death. All the places where you're inappropriate and feisty and crazy, that's where you turn me on. <laughs> Which is about making love to life. You know, I want to talk about this for a minute because it is a very important component to this work, to make love to life and with life. Okay, say more. Ah, say more. I was going to just pause and, and let your horror <laughs> cook on it for a minute. <laughs> You're giving me these cues with these pauses, but so I'm loving since we've slowed down. I'm loving actually the pause more than anything clever I've got to say. How rare is it to have just a moment of pause to reflect on what you just said on radio? Can we allow that? We can. We can. The, the idea, the notion, because it's, it's more than an idea, that we get to make love to life or with life every day to me, is limitless. Yeah. And I feel I want to keep plugging this thing. It comes from a listening field. When I walk out into my life and I'm in a listening field, it's bounteous. It wants to tell me things, show me things, illuminate me. When I go into life not listening and cluttered with and trying to enforce what I want on life, it never goes very far. It can be good, but it'll never be incredible. It's about a listening field. Making love is about being in a listening field. If we're making love, when you're really empty and listening, you're going to give the most pleasure through your intuition than ever before. If you're not listening, you're thinking, then it's not going to be a great lovemaking session. And it's the mm -hmm. same with talking to the kids. When you're, when you're dealing with your children and your parenting, when you're in a listening field, everything flows. When your best friend is heartbroken, you're in a listening field. You're listening to them tell you what's going on. Some incredible genius comes out of your mouth. There was news even to you. You never thought you could be that deep. All because you were in a listening field. <laughs> and it came out of the emptiness, which is much better than your brain. 
That's why the crazy Taoists, the ancient Chinese, they're all about the listening. They're all, they go into their bodies and listen how it feels and dissolve the blocks. They're all about emptiness. Everything comes out of Wu Qi. Everything comes out of the void for the crazy Taoists. They were really onto something. They still are. You know, the void. We, we should have a moratorium on you know, too. The T word is off, off the table. Let's take you know off the table because we don't know. And it is in that state of not knowing that we become most open to mm. everything. <laughs> yeah. Gabriel Roth used to say that. We have to know. Everyone is so hip to know. Everyone's got to know. It's so much more fun not to know and just be fascinated. Her whole thing was about encouraging everyone to be fascinated. I love that about her. Well, fascination is also part of delight and wonder and curiosity. And these um, attributes are certainly part of what creates happiness. And by happiness, you know, we, we are not talking about that yellow smiley face. We're talking about that, that juicy, sustainable, authentic well-being that we can always come back to. Well, that's what you're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, Willis. How do you define happiness? Why don't you ask him on Togi Chat? Oh, let's let's write it out there. Well, another Here's way it. you could say happiness is the cessation or the finishing of the need to manipulate. Yeah. I'm, I'm typing it. That's why it's slow and quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. For me, happiness is about th- this voice, you know, about y- using this voice uh, to share and discover and, and grow. And I suspect that many people who are creative would, would respond with something similar. I mean, uh, in addition to that inter- deep interconnectedness that we find with another person, it is also about the voice. Mm. For me, it's about the voices. <laughs> Vo- voice, well, vo- voices, of course. The committee. <laughs> the, I can hear past the committee in my head. That the, would be- the committee. Oh, yeah. The, the lords that preside over your brain. <laughs> I've had a question. There's a question here. There is. I, and I was just, I was just, we're going to go to a break in a minute and maybe Roy can just give us the count because maybe we'll do it right after we come back from the break. Sure. We could, oh, we can do this. I had, um, Hey Hey writes, I had the pleasure of attending a single day at one of Jamie's Transforming Shadows workshops. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it the second day, so I identified by shadows but missed the part where I learned to live with them. Do you have any insight for me which might help me understand the next step of transforming my shadows? No, I think you're screwed. It's over. You didn't come to the second day. I, I really, I can't help you. Oh. The truth is that the integration part is where we start to have conversations is one great way. There's a million ways, but the way that we're having so much direct data and very, very touching, heart-opening experiences is, is to actually get into a conversation with them and speak very directly to them and, and practice this thing which we've been cultivating called full-body listening. And where we full body listening with these characters, with these shadows, and we actually just ask them, what are they doing here? What do they want? What is their, what is their gift? What, is, what are they here to help us with? We are going they want to break. To, they want to join in. We're, da- we're dancing with our shadows off to break, and we'll be right back. 
We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. likes to win, enter our weekly contests at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook, where we give away our guests' books, music, film, and products each week. In addition, we also do great Harvesting Happiness giveaways, like free coaching sessions with Lisa Cypress Kamen, Lisa's Books, Happiness First Aid Kits, H-Factor Where Is Your Heart documentary film, Happiness is an inside job product, including the Sterling Silver Infinity Bracelet that benefit Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you are just joining us now, I urge you to download this as a podcast for your listening pleasure because we are talking with Jamie Cato about living wholeheartedly and living this life in a most beautiful uh, state of attention and listening. And we are talking about children now. Each of us has children and how our work affects and relates to these beautiful, bright young minds. Mm. I read a really great book recently by Marshall Rosenberg, who's the guy that invented nonviolent communication, a system of language and mediation, which is so touching and beautiful and effective. They bring him in for all the really heavy stuff. And he manages to get everybody talking and communicating and finding solutions and resolutions. It's called Nonviolent Communication. And he wrote and has written uh, books for teachers on how to uh, speak nonviolently to children. Because it's amazing how just by the fact that they are children, we unconsciously, because of our cultural programming, have a license to be more abusive than to grown-ups, uh, or we consider that we do. So he does an exercise where he brings the groups into two, he, he splits the whole room into two groups, puts one in one room and one in another. In one room, they have to write down a made-up conversation between themselves and a noisy neighbor. 
And in the other room, the people have to write down a conversation between themselves and a noisy child. And then they bring the conversations together at the end, and they don't tell each other they've been doing a different thing. And the, the, the conversation of the child is always ten times less respectful and ten times more controlling than the one to the neighbor. That's a really good starting point to really look at how we're going to deal with the kids. Mm. And it's hard. I don't know the ages of your kids. Mine are teenagers, and that can be very challenging. Mm. It can be very challenging if you have too clear a model of how you you think it is. I'm really loving that. I don't want everyone. A lot in this in this program, we've said it's like this, it's like that. If you do this, then this will happen, and the world's like this. I mean, it's like we we talk about it like that with these dogmatic truths, but really. The wonderful thing about this planet is everyone has a different model, and whatever model they're investing their attention into will kind of keep proving itself to be true. Uh, and I want my kids to not be enforced with my model. I want them to develop their model, and I want to be a piece of bamboo for their tomato plant. But I'm very, very wary of, like Jimi Hendrix says, too many fingerprints on their brain. Mm. How old are your kids? 18, 9, and 6. Oh, so you've got the gamut. You've had the, the, the full immersion experience at this point in your life. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. The, uh, uh, do your kids... Louis C.K. Your... Is, is the most advanced. <laughs> Have you seen Louis C.K. on YouTube about kids? No. Google Louis C.K. and why. Uh, it's the best uh, 10 minutes ever explained about children. He's really, he's very advanced. I'm sure the oh. Dalai Lama will be calling him up soon. I will definitely um, check that out after the show. We do have a few questions and comments, and I want to thank David B. for sharing his happiness of being when he's flowing in the now. And Paul has asked a question of you, Jamie. If you could play any character from a film, who would you play and why? Where do I begin? I'd like to play a few. I'd like to be Batman for a bit, obviously. That doesn't need any explanation. Um, I would like to be Al Pacino in The Devil's Advocate. Um, I'd like to be all sides of everything. So I'd like to be the devil. I'd like to play Jesus. I'd like to be stretch myself, particularly into all the places which in a human life you're not given the permission to do. Uh, so to be able to go into the dark side really safely is one of the great things artists and actors and musicians get to do. We are lucky because whereas in a lot of people in what we would call normal jobs don't have a place where they can get all their disgusting or shameful or edgy stuff out on the table. But for us artists, they become the greatest characters in literature. They become wicked lyrics. They become touching chord changes. So um, us as artists, we are really the lucky ones. I I agree. The dark side, you know, the dark side is um, where the potential resides for me. I said, you know, and I didn't mean to, so forgive me. But (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah, welcome to my dark side. You know, where my doubt, you know, and stuff. You know, you know, you know, you know. There it is again. But the dark side. I I have something I'd like to, to chuck into this. Uh, everyone had been talking last year about the shift, the 2012 shift and all this stuff. And I, and I was kind of like poo-pooing it and ignoring it. And yet I really did feel a significant shift in the last 12 months. And it's, it's subtle, uh, but it's fundamental. I don't think about my journey or my spiritual path or any of that silly stuff. I don't think about it in terms of a journey from darkness to light anymore. This has been 
up until now in our history, a model that has worked maybe for us for a bit. We're on a journey away from the darkness and towards light. But that has stopped working now. And a huge shift that I feel now is I'm on a journey towards darkness and light. I don't want to be running away from one because I'm not going to be free. And all the time that I'm saying I'm not an abuser, I'm not a murderer, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm everything. I have the potential to be everything. If you and I had been born into a different family, a family of abuse, a family of violence, we would be behaving very differently now. Not because we are inherently bad, but because that's what the nurturing and the sculpting and the wounding of life did to us. We are everything. We have the potential to be everything. And to really take that on board, that is how the human race becomes one unified force is because we're all on a journey towards darkness and light and we're not rejecting the people who display darkness we're including everyone inclusivity is the future and the now Mm. i couldn't agree more and vulnerability you know vulnerability is very fashionable right now the ability to really uh allow oneself to express those parts of oneself that you wouldn't no, would, would not normally be thought of is is proper or appropriate and it comes the approval addiction again this is why without the appro- we start dissolving the approval addiction all these things about appropriateness and properness and all the ways we hide ourselves in the basement start to dissolve so i like to go straight to the root of this approval addiction and have a lot of fun with everybody being really inappropriate as much as possible and just watch the oxygen flood back into the room People's eyes light up, they start glowing, they start looking sexy again. I had on the show oh, several months ago, we had the folks from Zappos, which is our big mail order house here. They, the, the Delivering happy, they deliver shoes is how they started out. Now I think they've expanded into clothing and other things. And they were telling me, Jenny Lim, who is one of the vice presidents there, was saying how when the people come for an interview, at Zappos, they ask them, you know, what makes you weird? We want to know about your weirdness. And if they can't answer, you know, identifying something about them that is weird and appreciate why the question is being asked, they're not a good match for the company. Yeah, that sounds good. We have a game on the What About Us workshop that I, that we run with my partner, Risa. Uh, it used to be called What About Intimacy, but now we call it What About Us. I don't want to um, fake it. I don't want to turn up to a job interview having looked at a DVD that told me how to not be myself perfectly for these people. That makes me sick. Uh, and I don't want to turn up with a first date with you um, with this brochure of myself that then six months down the line when you see me shouting at some receptionist at a hotel, you know, this is not the man I fell in love with. I want to lead with the insanity. So we have a game on the What About Us where we, we sit down and we, we imagine we're on a first date and say to each other, before we go any further, there's something about me you really need to know now. And we lead with all the things that are going to drive you crazy about me in six months. Uh, and I think that's actually a quicker route to falling in love mm. than giving the groomed, I'm normal, I'm not a pain in the ass version. Because you are a pain in the ass. You're totally crazy. And I'd rather know how now, if you, if you don't mind. <laughs> totally fact, crazy. If you and I together, in six months... In a, in a love relationship as lovers, in six months, what would be the primary thing that would that would drive me crazy about you? Oh, I'm a squirrel. Oh. My ki- um, my kids call me the squirrel. My boyfriend calls me the squirrel. They, they mm. and they emulate me and my squirrel like behavior with my with you know with nuts in my little paws and nibbling <laughs> nibbling on my nuts and then running to and fro. <laughs> that sounds cute. I'm asking you for something that I'm not going to find cute. 
Oh, I, they don't find it cute. It drives <laughs> them crazy, you know, that, you know, I'm doing laundry all the time in the midst of running uh, a business, doing the radio show. I'm cooking. I'm here. I'm there. And no, 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 no. It's, this is not fun for them. This is stressful for them. <laughs> <laughs> and you? Um, <clears throat> let me see. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the, one, the usual one I lead with is that I'm incredibly uh, insecure once I wrap my glass tentacles around you. And if I think that you are suddenly sort of getting interested in other men and, and going off places and leave me by myself, I might turn into a sort of jelly fetus and gibber in the corner. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> well, Lily Tomlin said, never marry anyone unless you've had lunch with their ex-wife. Oh, I agree with that. Yes, have lunch with the ex. Interview the ex. <laughs> <laughs> Except no. mine, don't interview. I was thinking it's funny because, like, I haven't fully got out of the woods yet with my ex-wife. And um, I thought it would be really funny because of some of the horrific things <laughs> that she's written to me about who I am or what I am or my mother or any of the people like that. It would be really fun to put them on the Transforming Shadows poster. So, like, it has, like, the Sunday Times, this man is fantastic, and the Telegraph, he'll blow your mind, and then the ex-wife, don't go fucking near this guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a sociopath. <laughs> the the, the anti-testimonial. Yeah, I think that's funny. Oh, that That is funny. We are uh, coming in on a break. I think that our, um, the we know what, we have electronically disturbed the TogiNet network because some of the listeners are having a hard time getting into listen while they're on the line. So we're going to make sure that we mega post this podcast out into the ethers um, on Twitter and on Facebook uh, between us uh, to make sure everybody gets the podcast who would like to to listen to it. Um, and, I, and I think it's just it happens sometimes. It's live radio and crazy things happen. But we have people on iPhone 4 that have uh, um, iPad or iTouches and all kinds of um, logistical issues. So I do want to address that and thank everybody for their patience and working with the producers in the background. And to learn more about my incredible guest, Jamie Cato, you can go to jamiecato.com, and that's J-A-M-I-E-C-A-T-T-O.com. On Twitter, he is at the same, as well as Jamie Cato Live. On Facebook, it's Jamie.Cato, as well as Jamie Cato Workshops. We are going to go out on that break, and I want to just encourage our listeners who may be a veteran or know someone who is to visit Reboot on hhforheroes.org. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress-Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. 
part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you are just joining us now, I urge you to download this as a podcast on iTunes because we are talking about living wholeheartedly, living from a space of intention, attention, listening, intimacy, the we and the us with Jamie Cato. And we're continuing our conversation now about the workshops that he is offering with his partner. And I would love to just jump in and kind of explore the different aspects of these workshops and how people could find them and enroll. Sure, yeah. There's three kinds at the moment. There's about to be a fourth, I think you might call it full body listening. Uh, I'm decided that whether it be full body listening or insanely gifted, but the, the three that we have now, one is called What About You? And that's the first one and the main one that I've been doing, which is a creative masterclass from all the films I've made and music I've made. I really know quite a lot about getting a crazy idea out of my head into the world on the material plane in a joyous, triumphant way and in a way that touches a lot of people. So everything I know about the A's, B's, C's and practicalities of getting unstuck and kickstarting your project, that, that's a workshop called What About You? But from doing the What About You workshops, I discovered that the greatest fun to be had was these games, Transforming Shadows, where we danced around the edges of our comfort zone, danced around the edges of our insanities and eccentricities. Uh, and, oh, my God, there's just so much. I like to say that we, like, we, we laugh so foolishly and tenderly with our demons that they just naturally transform into allies. Um, and that's Transforming Shadows. That's the funniest one of them, definitely. And, and What About Us, which used to be called What About Intimacy, is, is me and Risa. And it's much more about getting what you want without manipulating, about being direct, about being visible, about being vulnerable, but not in a sort of tantric, eye-gazing, jade-egg way. More in a very <laughs> practical, <laughs> down-to-earth, real... Um, it's a very practical kind of thing, and it's very, it's very intimate, but not in the way people think workshops could be intimate. It's intimate in a way because people keep slapping themselves on the head and laugh. Christ, how do we take so long just to speak plainly to each other? Intimacy. You know, this word intimacy is something that we all say, oh, we want to be intimate. You know, I want an intimate relationship. I want to be more intimate with my partner or my spouse. But the word intimacy, as I am sensing that you're describing it, is something different. For me, intimacy is the opposite of hiding, basically. Intimacy is visibility, and then it happens by itself. 
<clears throat> when we've been talking about intimacy, I, I've written a blog called Four Kinds of Intimacy, at least. And I'd like to just say them quickly to you now, because it's not just about being with your lover. There's the intimacy of being with your lover and being visible and plain and not manipulating and hiding, but being absolutely upfront about what you want. Then you have the vulnerability of someone saying no, and that's why we don't do it. But to take that vulnerability and to say directly and plainly what we want and how we feel when we want it and feel it, that's massive. Because when we're doing that and we're constructive and we're loving, suddenly I want you as my lover to to give me your constructive and your challenge when you see me being less than myself. I want you to be my partner in crime, my laboratory assistant on my crazy existence, and I want to be your laboratory assistant on yours. So that's level one intimacy, and that's only going to happen with visibility and vulnerability. But it goes more than that. I want that kind of relationship with everyone in the world. I want to talk to everyone as if I know them, and I kind of do. I like to be the mayor of the queue in the, in the grocery store and just talk to everybody. as if it, I feel quite fearless about that, and I want that kind of intimacy with everybody, everyone I might meet. I don't want to have to be this version of me so that everyone will think, oh, that's appropriate. No, I want to be exactly who I am and see who stays. So that's another kind of intimacy. The third kind, which has been hugely a uh, momentary movement in my life, is intimacy with myself. Oh, it's been so recent in my life that I've slowed down enough to stop. And when something stressful is happening or something unexpected, I stop, put my hand on my chest and go, okay, what's going on? Or what do I want right now? I've lived a whole life of going into so many situations and doing so many things when I never actually took the moment to ask myself, what do I want right now? That is a life-changing question to ask. I advise well, anyone listening, just bring that in. Keep asking yourself, what do I want in this? What do I want right now? And the last kind of intimacy, which, which holds it all together, really, which is the context for the whole thing, is intimacy with everything in life, not just everyone, but life throws us all these extraordinary experiences. And we've been so trained to think of ourselves as victims and persecute it. And we've got to survive it. We've got to, get, we've got to control it. We've got to get through it. But I want to participate life, with life in a whole new way where I trust it so much, I trust this external huge hall of mirrors that's giving me all these extraordinary experiences. And instead of thinking that when I meet someone difficult that it's a reflection on them, I want to meet someone difficult and go, how am I just like that? What am I trying to show myself here? Participating with life and always asking myself the question, if I had set this up as a training exercise, what am I trying to show myself? That I ask myself every day when something's difficult. If I'd set this up as a training, what am I trying to show myself? Suddenly that's participating and that's being intimate with the whole of life itself. Mm. I'm uh, shaking my head here. You know, that, that yes, that yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I think many of us who are listening, you know, and participating here would share this sentiment. But this intimacy is uh, we have to clear away the cobwebs and the noise and that negative self-talk and the limitations and the approval addiction that you mentioned earlier to get to that place. And I'm wondering, and I've asked the question out loud, if this is not a byproduct of aging, you know, that we come to this space in our lives where um, being armored up is no longer necessary to be to be joyful and to be truly present for ourselves. It's the one thing, ironically, that's getting in the way. Always the thing that the baddie in the thriller movie does to kill the goodie ends up killing the baddie. The very thing that you're doing so that no one will notice your strange teeth is bringing attention to your strange teeth. <laughs> 
like the guy with the toupee with the comb over. You know, yeah, he doesn't think do anybody sees it. it. <laughs> whatever you do to hide it makes it more vivid. But if you if you show it willingly, it becomes beautiful. Yeah. Not everything. <laughs> well, you know, but you know, we if we're willing to out everything. Oh, I love it. Just bit by bit. I don't want to go too crazy. I love the writer David Dada. One of the things he says is he goes, we're not running straight into our fears like crazy Watusis self-violently just plunging straight into our fears. That would be violent. That's no good. But neither are we running in the opposite direction away from our fears. We're gently, deftly dancing around the edge, peering over the edge of the edge and letting it illuminate us and excite us and titillate us and scare the crap out of us. But we're not running straight into our fears. That would be violent. We're just not escaping them either. We're just on the edge. Mm. Ooh, that's that's good. That's good. Yeah. And it, it, the practice of nonviolence with the self. You know, we often think of ahimsa as a practice that is out in the world when the very place it must start is with the self. Ah, oh, so beautiful that you say that. I so agree. He's so right. Harmlessness. Practice harmlessness to yourself. I started a new movie a few weeks ago in Hawaii with Ramdas, and he was telling me about how he always has his guru in his head laughing at him. And I love that because Ramdas is foolish. I'm foolish. I love the foolish way of path. You know, wisdom can't exist without playfulness, in my opinion. Um, so he's telling me about how he always has his guru in his head laughing at him. And I said, I have something quite similar to that. I have a very loving psychiatric nurse that lives <laughs> in my head. And I advise everyone to have one. And every time you're, like, you're, you're not practicing harmless to yourself, you're, you've noticed yourself being an idiot. You go, oh, God, I'm doing it again. It's so violent. You would never do that to anyone else. But we're so, oh, God, idiot to ourselves, you know. But instead now, we, we call upon this beautiful psychiatric nurse, and she puts her hand on the chest, and she goes, oh, so mad. So mad, aren't you? And she loves it. And she's very, she goes, <laughs> a little lie down. Do you need a little lie down? Do you need a cup of tea? That's, that's true for me. That is great. I'm going to carry that image with me through the day. <laughs> Thank you for that. That is great. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the film that you're working on, because I want to know. Curious minds want to know. Um, this one is, the new one is, is really just a tribute to Rambas. Um, it, we've dressed it up in many ways, and it is really coming in from the shadow. It's, it's a celebration of everything that we condemn, skip, deny and blame and reject because all those things are actually the juice that's trying to teach us and help us evolve but anytime we have pain we want to take a pill and push it away anytime someone's difficult we want to push them away we want to escape we want to numb but i'm excited about doing the opposite and going deeper into that stuff so so going into all the things that we condemn and we reject and, and you know that's exciting and, and to do it foolishly and lightly and playfully randas is a great fool uh, he always has been. He's one of the most laughs at himself continuously. And I, you know, he reminds me of that wonderful quote by Hafiz, who said, me and God have become like two fat old men in a boat. We keep bumping into each other and laughing. <laughs> so this, this movie is going to be like a tribute to Ram Dass in the style of One Giant Leap, but just maybe just him and all his best bits from the past and, and the present interview we just did and just really the greatest hits of everything that I love about him. He was the guy that first turned me on to any of this stuff. And he's still, for me, the, the absolute pinnacle of yumminess. I, I absolutely love the man. Uh, I agree. And uh, there was the 
last film that I watched about him was Fierce Grace, when he was stro- when he was stroked, and I thought that was magnificent. How he um, how he just came even more alive as a result. That's exactly what you were, we were talking before about suffering. You can f- frame being stroked as, oh no, I'm in a wheelchair, I'm an invalid, I'm this, I'm that. He has framed being stroked as his greatest teaching, his greatest way to be aware of himself and his limitations and how people are treating him and authenticity and where does he feel limited and where is he identifying with soul and where is he identifying with body. I mean, for him, it's the most rich curriculum ever and it all depends on how you frame it. And that is our choice. Like Gabriel Roth says, it takes Tremendous discipline to be a free spirit. Mm. And how we relate to the issue truly is the issue. You know, it's another way of, you know, there it goes again. Ooh, slap the girl. She said it. (laughs) 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 We have run out of time and I am inviting you to return at a convenient time for you to carry on this magnificent conversation. I have so enjoyed having you here and I want to give our contact information for you out once again. It is jamiecato.com as the website and your Twitter handle is Jamie Cato and Jamie Cato Live. Facebook is jamie.cato as well as Jamie Cato Workshops. And I do have a few closing thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen along with Jamie Cato wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. And thanks to our producers today, Roy at Toginet and Kelly St. Clair for making me, the show, and everyone involved look great each and every week. And I apologize for our technical difficulties. Nobody got no time anyway Somehow Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on TogiNet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable.